What is up, people? This is EJ Stewart. You are listening into New Generation Hero Talk. We got a great show lined up for you guys today. We'll be talking about a lot of rumors regarding the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So first, some confirmed news regarding Loki and Echo, two Disney Plus projects. We have now release dates for both of those shows. We also had some concerning details about some of the production issues that may have been happening with Echo, why that project was so well delayed we'll talk about what those are and if we are now uh, deeply concerned about how that project can look when we actually see it there's some interesting uh wrinkles to how they're going to release echo so can't we talk about that we'll also talk about a, a major ouster apparently in marvel studios the reports are that jeff loveness who of course uh did the script for uh ant-man quantum mania and was slated to do avengers uh, uh kang dynasty and write that script he is now reportedly out at marvel and there were some rumors that Part of his ouster could have been due to the fact that he was a leaker giving information out to these uh, scoop masters and these trades. And he's denying that, did not deny whether or not he was fired, but did deny that he, he was not leaking any information. But nonetheless, Jeff Loveness is out, which seems like a, a big loss for Marvel, you would think. So we'll break that down. Also, an interesting report about exactly what Marvel's plans were for Kang prior to apparently watching Ant-Man, Quantumania, and Loki. Very interesting comments there. And Superman Legacy continues to be uh, one of the more anticipated movies in pre-production. And we have some major uh, developments regarding what casting decisions could be coming for James Gunn in that film as well. So all that coming on New Generation Hero Talk. Joining me are my co-hosts, starting with Shamari Stewart. Sham, how are you feeling? What are you looking forward to talking about today? Uh, feeling good. Looking forward to, um, uh, you know, just, uh, uh, you know, just kind of, you know, talking superheroes with you guys as we always do every week. Um, I think the the topic today I'm probably most looking forward to, um, probably this uh, seeing what's going on with Echo and and, and Loki and uh, kind of talking through some of that stuff. I think that's probably the most interesting thing we got. Uh, coming up coming up uh in terms of the news that we got lately so i'm looking forward to talking about that yeah definitely uh big news regarding loki and echo so that should be a good conversation kendall joins me in the podcast as well kendall how you looking uh, how you doing today what are you looking forward to talking about doing good doing well doing well i mean um yeah no look i'm i'm, I'm definitely looking forward to talking marvel uh also looking forward to talking dc you know uh you know, DC has actually been the one that we've gotten feels like more news from, um, you know, through the trades and whatnot, more official news as opposed to just having to latch on uh, scoopers and leakers and stuff that you don't know what's real, what's what's not, what's a spoiler and what's not. This uh, more credible stuff coming out of DC right now. So excited to talk about that. Excited to talk about this Superman Legacy movie. Yeah, Superman Legacy, man. I mean, that's 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 been. Um, it's clearly one of the hot button uh, topics in Hollywood, one of the hot uh, projects in Hollywood. You see the, the list of, of names that are apparently trying to vie for roles in, in that film. Uh, James Gunn having to, uh, you know, come out and say, hey, you know, I'm, I'm not going to come out here and confirm who's auditioning for what. But it apparently does seem like it's definitely a free for all in terms of what's going to be going down with uh, with that project. So a lot to get to on the show. Uh, let's get to it. So let's begin with the news regarding Loki Season 2 and Echo. So uh, Marvel announces that Loki Season 2 
and Echo are set to debut in the fall. So Loki Season 2 will launch on October 6th, while Echo will then come down later uh, in the fall around Thanksgiving time, November 29th. So uh, the new season Loki will consist of, of six episodes. Each episode will premiere uh, week to week. And then uh, Echo, surprisingly enough, will all be dropped at once on November 29th. So a, a big difference in terms of how Marvel is releasing Echo compared to other shows it is, is done. You know, we've seen that Netflix model that, you know, they did with Daredevil and Luke Cage and Jessica Jones and those shows where they would just drop all the episodes on one day and just let people have at it. Marvel's not done that with any of these shows. They've made you wait week to week for episodes to drop. This is the first one that will be dropped in that kind of Netflix mold where they'll let you kind of binge uh, the episode. Now, we have no idea exactly how many episodes it will be for Echo and when you hear about some of the, the reports about what's been going on with that Echo project, now it makes you wonder exactly, maybe this may end up being one of the shorter series. So then there were uh, reports and, and, and uh, comments from Jeff Snyder, who, of course, is one of the uh, better uh, uh, you know reporters in on this on this beat when it comes to movies in general, but particularly superhero movies. And he was on John Roca's podcast, and shout out to John Roca, talking about Echo. And he had this to say. He said, quote, I heard the show was uh, kind of plagued by issues throughout production. I heard that it was a mess and that the show came in so bad that they basically had to reshoot the entire thing. I'm told that they originally shot eight episodes and Kevin Feige thought it was unreleasable. So they talked about cutting it down to four or six in post. But then they ended up reshooting it. So my source did not actually know how many episodes they wound up with. But yeah, apparently it needed a top to down uh, rejiggering and that Kevin was not happy with it. So this is kind of interesting and we could talk about loki in this conversation as well but staying on echo just a start champ this is now kind of two projects we we know of that have had like kind of major production and creative issues from marvel because first you had the blade situation remember that champ when you know apparently mahershal ali was was furious with, with what was going on with blade yep. and the, and the mm-hmm. script and, and the fact that this, you know there was like only like 10 minutes of action in the whole movie and that just needed to be totally redone. They got rid of the director, got rid of the writer, and just started from scratch. And now Jeff Snyder, a guy who knows his stuff. This is not a guy who's going to come out and say something like this, in my opinion, and just be blowing smoke up his behind. Like, this is a guy who knows what he's talking about. If he's saying that this is something they had to redo from scratch, essentially, then I kind of believe him. Or at the very least, I know that there had to be kind of major changes to that uh, that project, most likely. So what is now your concern level for Echo understanding that, this is a project that apparently had to be almost entirely redone and that Marvel's kind of just throwing it out there as a whole and saying, hey, you guys do with it, whatever you will. Uh, so my concern level for Echo is, I'd say on a scale of 1 to 10, maybe like a 7.5. Fairly concerned. I was I was already concerned before this mm-hmm. um, because of all the things that Marvel is releasing. This seems like the one that probably least needed to happen and was and i would presume that would would be seen as just a representation of how marvel is not releasing quality content before it was even released i i I think that that's what the reaction would be to any kind of advertising for this show um so yeah this isn't good you know this is this really isn't good this 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 kind of gives me flashbacks to uh, Kathleen Kennedy and Star Wars and 
during the sequel trilogy and all the kind of mess and all the issues on set and all the kind of interference needed that would that or that that was or honestly that either was or wasn't needed or just just set problems Mm. that you can't help but feel like you know all those things kind of go back to the leader you know in terms of feige putting these people in place and then you know either just not not uh trusting them not liking their vision um or you know whatever the case may be but um one thing I will say about Feige, at least, is that he's, you know, separate from from Kennedy and that he is he is and well, he is and has been very active in creating these stories on film consistently over the past however many years. So it's a different situation, but it's just um, it's but it's either way, it's not what you want to see, not what you want to see, not what you want to hear. Um and I mean, I think Marvel's kind of Marvel's in a pretty is a pretty good spot right now with, with the release of Guardians. I thought Guardians was great. Um Secret Invasion is coming up. We'll see how that does. Um I'm hopeful for it, but the story has to be very well written. So I mean we'll have to see how that goes. But um but yeah, this isn't it just isn't what you want what you would want to hear, so I'm pretty concerned. Kendall, I know you were you were one of the first people to kind of see this story among the group chat. You posted in the group chat said, "Hey, this is something we got to talk about and be ready uh, to to discuss." What are your thoughts on the issues regarding Echo apparently having to be reshot and apparently being essentially like you know unreleasable at one point? <laughs> unreleasable, EJ. I mean, yeah. Look, this this isn't coming from Kevin Feige, so obviously this isn't coming from any. Um, you know, official source from uh, from Marvel, as far as we know. I mean, again, this is you know we got it. We're taking Jeff Snyder, the in Snyder. We're taking his uh, his yep. word for it. Um, but assuming all of this is, you know, some version of this is true, uh, it goes back to what we've been talking about this this constant theme where we're saying to ourselves, what the heck is going on at Marvel right now? Because we put our trust. In Kevin Feige, we we put our trust in Marvel Studios when Echo was even released, or when the, the whenever when Echo was even announced. We I think we all kind of said to ourselves, "Wow, an Echo show! We haven't even seen Hawkeye yet, but this character must be great." I mean, don't know much about it, but you know, it, obviously there's going to be a connection to, to Wilson Fisk, and there's going to be you know potentially a connection to Daredevil, and you know, I'm, I'm assuming this character is going to be great. In Hawkeye, and we saw the character in Hawkeye. The character was solid, but I don't think anybody like no one asked for an Echo show. Obviously, before the show came out, I don't know if anybody would have really asked for an Echo show after the, the show came out, after Hawkeye came out. Particularly, like I think there, I think we would have seen people that would have said, "Oh, I want to see this character again in the future. Maybe we see her pop up in Daredevil. Maybe we see her pop up in other projects." Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe somewhere down the line we get an Echo series. But this is a situation where they, I mean, I'm sure obviously they saw Hawkeye early and they thought this is a character we could really build on, the, the fifth story, we can go more in depth with all of this. But, like, this is a character that they overestimated what the reaction from audiences was going to be. Um they, the the reaction was again solid and nobody nobody hated the character but it was not 
um, the reaction that we got, uh, you know, to Jonathan Majors and Loki, which we'll talk about that in a yeah. later, later in the show. It wasn't the reaction, um, you know, that again a character like Wilson Fisk got in Daredevil, where it was, oh, we got to see more of this guy, or Punisher got in Daredevil, was, oh, we need a Punisher show now. Um, this was this was just a character where it was like, okay, yeah, this is cool. Um, and so when you're gonna make something like this, my point being, if you're gonna make something like this, then you gotta have a story that is ironclad great, because you're not making the show based off of just everyone loved Echo and the the, the character sells all these toys or has this rich history that people are just dying to see told in the MCU. Versus you're baking it based off of people are going to love this character and people are going to love a story that we have to tell more of involving this character. And if you come back and the script comes back and it's un, it's, 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 it's unreleasable, then that's a major problem. That means that there were issues at the bottom floor of Marvel all the way to the top. Because how, how does this get to a point where, like you said, EJ, it's not one project, but it's two. This happened yeah. with Blade, where he ended. I'm not, I won't go as far as say no one asked for Blade, but like, yeah, because people did want Blade. Came, yeah, people did want that, but like, it came out of nowhere. We got a casting, and they were like, "Yeah, we're making a Blade movie. Um, we have a, we have an actor. We don't have a story yet, but we'll figure it out." Like, you didn't have to do that. You could have introduced Myershal Ali and something else, and slow slowly built towards an eventual Blade movie. Instead, they decided we're making a Blade movie off the rip. We're going to throw him in a post-credit scene in Eternals. And then, you know, by the time we get closer to this Blade movie, we're going to rip up the script. And anything involving Black Knight, reportedly, is is not even in the movie anymore. So whatever we saw in Eternals might not even be canon. Like, that might have, might have happened, but it has nothing to do with the Blade movie. Like, <laughs> again, just a lot of chaos right now at Marvel. And look, I, I, I hate to bring it up. We bring it up every week. But, like, it goes back to, like, we're making Echo shows, and we have, there's, this, there's nothing involving the X-Men. There's nothing involving the Like, right, <laughs> the, X, the, the X-Men are the characters that we want to see, and we've got, instead, we've got Echo and all these other characters going up. I mean, he said, he said, Kendall's, Kendall said that... This is something we should probably be doing because we talk about it every week. Uh, the first two drops were uh, the uh, X Men '97 themes that were played in Doctor Strange and uh, Miss Marvel. For those who, who have not seen those shows yet or seen those movies yet, I mean, look, it, it is a it is a problem, no question. Um, we keep kind of coming back to this concept of okay. You want to give us these other characters, but what about your A-list characters? What about your quote-unquote varsity team that apparently you had to basically acquire from another company? And and, and there, there was there was none of that that was being done um, from Marvel, and that is a problem. And Kendall's uh, and Kendall's pointing that out. Absolutely, and like you know, and we've had this discussion before, and. You know, I mean, we don't have to, you know, get into the weeds with this again, but, you know, again, they could come up with some way to just, okay, the X-Men are here. Of course, they have to craft a story. It has to make sense and all that. Um, but if you're, if you're going to be, um, you know, making shows like Echo and then it's a mess, 
and you know <laughs> it's like it's like you know and shout out to Echo. I'm not even saying the character shouldn't show up in anything else. I enjoyed seeing Echo. I enjoyed Echo as well. I think we I'd all did to a degree. I enjoyed seeing Echo. I hope to see the Echo character in more things. I don't not want the character to show up. But I don't need a show. I don't need a show. Certainly not at this point. Not not just after what we saw in Hawkeye. Well, um, I, th- I, think, I think there needs to be a little bit of a mini history lesson on kind of how Echo came about. Or at least the reporting around Echo when we were hearing that maybe this was going to be a right. thing. Remember, this Echo was kind of discussed as like a new season of Daredevil. <laughs> Remember? Like it was right. this idea that right. everybody decided, yeah. yo, they're gonna do Echo and like Matt Murdock and yeah. Wilson Fitz gonna be in it. Five, it's gonna yeah. be like it's gonna be like season four of Daredevil. And right. that had people extremely excited because first of all, you were just like like what does that even mean? Like like if, okay, if you're doing Echo, why don't you just do another season of Daredevil if you're saying this is essentially <laughs> the next season of Daredevil, and so, Marvel was like, "Oh yeah, you're right." <laughs> that sounds like yeah, and then and then they and then we, they came out with the announcements. Then it turned out that there actually was a season of Daredevil coming out. So I don't think. Well, first of all, there's very little details at all about what either of these shows is going to be about. But like, we never got like any kind of clarification of whether or not like Matt Murdock and Wilson Fisk are still going to be deeply involved in this Echo story. Is it going to be one of those things where this is also a you know, a, a, a pseudo season of Daredevil show, or is this a, an Echo show? We don't we don't know. So the initial excitement that was there when this was talked about as just a rumor and just a, a, you know, a very loose report, it was, well, okay, maybe we won't get Daredevil, but I mean, hey, this is the closest thing we can get. We'll take anything. And then we actually got the announcement of an actual Daredevil scene, uh, season, so it kind of made me wonder right. what was even the point of Echo, unless you had a great story to tell. And it's a little alarming that, you know, the story you, you apparently wanted to tell is, is now, you know, unwatchable, apparently. And it has to be completely redone. That That is concerning to me. Very concerning. Yeah. I mean, it's a concern. And, I, and Yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say, just to piggyback off what Mario was saying, like, again, this is a this is a show that we didn't necessarily, no one necessarily asked for. Like, It'd be different if if they were making a let's say they were making a gambit show and we were like again no one really asked for that but like let's say they were making a gambit show and people were like through the roof like excited and then we heard yeah you know it was kind of unreleasable you know at first you know we kind of be like you know what take your time it's all right you know this is what we want to see just make sure it's good with echo you're like why are we even making this then <laughs> if 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 it wasn't ironclad from the start. Yeah, I mean, well, yeah. I think it goes back to like, it goes back to what we talked about with the Blade situation too, where it's like, you you know, you gotta have a you gotta have a real story and a real plan when you start announcing these projects. It feels like Marvel. May, I don't know if this has always been the case, but I don't know if you guys remember a couple of weeks ago we we kind of covered that comment James Gunn made. I don't think we even covered it. I think I just mentioned it in kind of in jest, or not in jest, but like in passing that he had said that you know. Look, like our plan at DC is like way more organized than like what Marvel normally does and how they normally do things, which I thought was a very kind of stunning thing to say. And he kind of was said and kind of went by the wayside. Nobody else really kind of evaluated it. We mentioned it a little bit briefly on this podcast, but then that was all I really saw and people talking about that. But that's a creative who was like deeply involved with Marvel with one of their biggest projects. He's saying that Marvel uh, was not as organized as the plan that Gunn is putting together. Which, like, even Gunn's plan hasn't always sounded all that organized in itself. So that, I thought, was telling. And 
when you see, like Kendall mentioned, you know, hey, we're going to do Blade. We don't have a story, but, you know, we'll figure it out. And then you have this Echo where you're like, all right, well, uh, I hope you have a good plan for Echo. Like, Echo's a fine character, but not someone that anybody's necessarily banging down doors to see. And then you say, well, you know, our plan A was unwatchable. It's like, well, what the hell were you doing? Did you really have a plan A? Did you really plan this thing out? Like, how did you have a story that was so bad? If you if you even have the thought of doing an Echo show, you would think that you'd have that story very clear in your head of what you're trying to do. Like, I can't, so, like, like, I can always imagine, like, you, I can imagine someone saying, you know what, like Kendall said, like, Gambit, or even someone bigger, like Wolverine. Like, I don't know what we're going to do, but Wolverine show is happening. I can see someone saying, look, we, we all right, we, we want to do a Wolverine show. Our first plan A didn't work out the way we wanted to. That sucks, but we're going to figure it out. I can almost say, you know what, I can understand you saying you want to get that Wolverine show out as quick as possible because it's freaking Wolverine. Uh, Echo, I mean, I just, I can't see that, dog. Like, I can't see how you could just say we're going to do this show and then you don't have a real plan to figure out exactly how you're going to execute that that or at least a, a, an ex- effective plan on how you're going to execute that that's that's, that's do trouble. you think that the release model is a direct like response or a direct indication i think is a better word that this may actually be a real problem yeah and i think that they're trying to burn they don't, they're not very man and yeah because think about it because you got because not only do you have it saying, you know, it's coming out right after Loki, which is weird in itself. Like, this got to be the closest time you had between shows. And Marvel early on was was getting, cutting it closer in the beginning. But I, I still think this has to be the closest. This is like a month. This is a month difference, I think. Right? Like, like so, right. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. So that that's a that's a really short distance. And then remember, in, in between all that, you got the Marvels coming out. So yeah. you have... This Loki season two, which is highly anticipated given how popular season one was and everything involving multiverses now that we know this is the central storyline for the next some odd years. And then you got the Marvels coming out with um, one of your top young actresses in, in Iman Vellani and Iman Vellani and um, and then, of course, Brie Larson. And that's coming out in the middle of November. And then two weeks later, say, oh, by the way, we're going to just drop this show and all of it's going to be out all episodes. I don't know. That something doesn't smell right, man. Like I, I wasn't born yesterday, man. That's a great uh, Ryan Stewart would say from the Two Live Stews. I smell a rat. <laughs> I smell a rat, and, and and it's it's really it's really concerning. Now there's a lot of Marvel stuff coming down the pike the rest of this year. Um, it's it's been a quiet first half of the year outside of Guardians, but we're about to we're about to seriously rev up when you talk about the Marvels. When you talk about um, Secret Invasion. Like, a lot of stuff happening. And then, of course, these two shows. So, we're going to have other stuff, which is why I think they're, they're, it's going to be convenient for them to kind of bury it right after all this. Maybe some of their more high-end content, content that they're really proud of, comes out. I think that that's uh, strategic. Mm. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I It, it kind of goes back to the same to, to what we've said before as well, which is... It's almost like it's too much stuff now. Like they're just, they're, I think, I think Feige is greenlighting too many things. This didn't need to come out. This absolutely didn't need to come out. If they and, canceled it, I don't think any. I mean, there, there oh, would I be a, a large segment of people that wouldn't really care. I wouldn't care at all. I wouldn't care at all. And again, like I said, I, I didn't, I didn't dislike the Echo character, but if they canceled this, I, if they said, "Oh, it's a mess," we're just gonna axe the whole thing, Batgirl style. I'd be like, well. You know, well, that would be a terrible look, though. I mean, especially, it wouldn't be good, especially when you consider you, know, you mentioned Batgirl, like the fact that the two female <laughs> well, yeah. her- female POC heroes were the ones you decided to just we not even going to put it out. Like, 
two different yeah, companies make the same move, that would and be it. It wouldn't be good for the for the people working on the project as well. But like just from a consumer standpoint, I'd be like, well, right. you know, I, I didn't really need to see that anyway. Right. So Yeah, I mean like, Echo Echo is not nearly as well known as Batgirl, obviously. So that's a major difference. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like they're just there there's too much stuff, honestly. There or, or there's like there's too much there's too much there's both too much stuff. And there's um there's not enough of the stuff that matters. You know, like back when Marvel wasn't doing all this Disney Plus stuff and it was just movies. Everything that came out like mattered. You know, it it, it was like almost integral to like the main yes. story that they were crafting. Yes. Now there's all this stuff that's coming out that is like very like ancillary outside the You can kind of pick and choose. Like I still have it. There's a lot of Marvel stuff I still haven't finished or seen. Still haven't seen Werewolf by Night. Like yeah, me too. I don't, and I don't know. If, like, I Apparently, it's really good too, but I've not seen it. Apparently, it's good, I, and I, I just haven't. I don't feel like I've missed anything. I'm probably yet. gonna watch it next Halloween. I'm not even gonna. You know, <laughs> like, yeah, I know it's like it's out of season now, but like you know, I I still haven't seen. The, I I didn't see, I didn't watch the Guardians holiday special. I watched Guardians three. I loved it. Didn't didn't bother yeah, me. I'm probably gonna watch that next uh, Christmas or whatever. Like. Yeah, that's Christmas, crazy. I didn't. Like, yeah, oh. I can't believe I can't believe y'all didn't watch the holiday special. That's wild. To me. Yeah, it's like that's as, crazy. as as it's like. You know, and now it's like great. It's like, oh, if I want more Guardians, I'll go back and watch the Guardians all these things. But like, there's too much stuff that like doesn't have anything to do with anything, or like just again, it's just bonus material that you feel like I don't have to see it all. So, we do not care. And if, if for the longest time, Marvel was like Shamari said, everything was must see. You had to watch it all, and when you start coming out with Echo and saying, yeah, it's all gonna come out on the same day. Who, like, I don't know. That thing, that, that thing's gonna take me years to finish. If that, no, if that's it's not fun releasing. anymore. Not even a little bit. That's how you're releasing it. I, I just, I don't know. And again, like you said, Kendall, like going back to the whole X Men thing, it's like, and you just have the X Men just sitting around, like you, they're just, yeah. you know, you just have them in your back pocket, and you're making Echo, and it's a mess. And it's just like, what are we doing? You know, like what? You know, we're teasing Kane, but I mean, of course, all the Jonathan Major stuff—they couldn't have foreseen that, so that's not their fault. But, but it's just like, I don't know. It's just, it's just. I feel like if they if they had a strategy that was much more stream, it was it was less like just outside the box stuff, just less of that stuff, or just less stuff in general. I know. You know they got to make money. They got to keep the money coming in and all that kind of stuff. But, but, you know, their the brand matters just as much, and this isn't good for their brand. So, <laughs> you know, yeah. if they if they did less stuff, but more their stuff was either better. Feige, it, 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 he isn't going to be shown eight episodes of just you know crap that he doesn't like. Like he's more involved because there's less stuff going on. So he can be involved in the production process like he was in the first phase and like just like, you know, craft this story carefully like it would just everything would just work better. The, 
the the last thing Marvel needs is for them to come out with an Inhumans, for them to come out Absolutely. with a yeah, that can't happen. You know, uh, like a yeah. Age of Shield season one, like, and I like, actually <laughs> like season one Age of Shield, but like right. something that just people generally look at and like this is, this stinks. Right. You know, like that's it. It'll be better for them not come out with it. Like it'll be better for them to just not come out with with it if that's the case, because like, and it feels like we're we haven't gotten to that point yet. They haven't come out with anything that is like so grotesquely bad that it's again unwatchable, whatever you want to call it. But it feels like we're getting closer to that. Where like if if that happened, I wouldn't be shocked. And if it was Echo, I would not be shocked. You know, and and that's what's scary is is scary for Kevin Feige because their their brand used to be like it used to be unfathomable that something like that would be even associated with Marvel. It'd be oh no, that was Pearl Mutter and his group. That was right, that yeah. You know, yep. now it's like this. <laughs> this is your idea, Echo. You were the one that told us this was coming out. This was under your brand. It was in a character. It was a character introduced in a show that you you made. And if it flops, that's on you. No, there's there's no other. There's nobody you can else. Nobody else you could blame. Yeah, no, you're right about that. I will say, uh, as much as the Echo stuff was alarming, I am excited for Loki to season two. You know, it is. Do you think they pushed it back because of the major stuff? It was supposed to come out in the summer. What was the? I don't even remember when it was. Supposed yeah, to come out. I mean, I I feel like the the feeling was because you know Secret of Ages coming out in June. I think the feeling was that we were gonna get something closer to like Augusty, something around that, like late summer, early yeah. fall. I mean, I don't know. I feel like I feel like October six is right around the time. You know, that's when the Death Day is coming out. I feel like that's right around the time you start to get your fall shows back. Like, I'm cool with that. That start time, like I, I get, and maybe, maybe it is the case. Maybe they did push it back for majors. I don't think so. I know he's going to be in it. We don't know exactly how much though. Uh, I just don't know like what pushing it back would do. Like to me, like with him, it seems like to me, I, I don't know. To me, this thing is not going to get any better. Like in, in some ways, I feel like the more you push back, the worse it'll get. Because like maybe he's like you know on trial maybe he's you know convicted <laughs> by that point like we don't know yeah, what's gonna happen at that point. yeah you know maybe he right. takes a plea deal like we don't know what's gonna happen like to me like, i'd prefer to have it out as soon as possible while it's still murky like you know as crazy as it sounds i feel like we're back doing the ezra miller you know strategy again we were talking about what about what about maybe the what that's a hall of fame new generation hero talk conversation kendall making the case that <laughs> that dc do should just do, do nothing <laughs> nothing happened. Nothing, nothing happened nothing. with uh with, with Ezra Miller, and yeah. essentially that's what they did. I mean, that's essentially that is what they did. Now, did it work? Uh, no. I guess that's be. where that's that's where I guess you guys to decide, really. But but that's essentially what they did. They did nothing up until you know they had to make a statement, and <laughs> I feel like we're in the same place with majors, where it's like you know I don't know what you do, but I I don't think that holding on to it any longer is like gonna help the situation. I think that. You'd probably unless, put it out as soon as possible. The only other argument would be unless, like, he's his role is in a way in which you could just get him, take him out. You know, you could have someone else play his character, Victor Timely or whatever. Have someone else, or just get the character, take the character out somehow. I don't know if that's possible or not. I haven't seen it. We've only seen you know the the, the clip you know that was post credit scene, but. That would be the only way is if they felt like give us a t- enough time to where we could have a second version that we could release in the event that we can't use them anymore. Yeah, I mean, that would I just don't think there's any way that he's like someone that they could just remove and nobody know. 
that would that, right. I don't know. I, I think that 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 would be stunning. I think that they're gonna have to, um, they're gonna have to find a way to, uh, include him and just understand that hey, this is what it is, and then deal with it. Whatever he hasn't shot, like just kind of figure out what you're gonna do with that next thing. So I don't know if that's Kang Dynasty. I don't know if that's one of these other movies that he hasn't been in yet or whatever. But like they're gonna have to figure out from there. Okay, what do we do from now? I don't know. You can't. I don't think you can just bring him on set and start shooting stuff with him right now. Like I don't think you can do that. But they they can't just halt, you know, production until they figure out what the hell is happening with him. Like they're gonna have to make some kind of decision. So, um, so that that's something they're gonna have to decide. But Loki coming out October. I'm so excited about that. Did you guys see the temporal the temporal suit that uh that that uh, Mobius is going to be wearing apparently at I some did. point. In the yes. Show. Yeah, I, mean, I don't know. What, I it looks like a, it. It looks, I, I will send it in the group chat while we uh, a hazmat we, looking kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, it's like it looks like a hazmat suit pretty much. Um, but I'm curious to see what in what way this is going to be. This is going to be used in the show. Okay. It, I mean, Loki. Looking at it now. Well. You looking at it now? Yeah. Yeah, yeah Loki to me is. Puffy Definitely, suit. I know, like, team, like, my first show conversations are starting to come cliche, but I mean, Loki is a Mount Rushmore Disney Plus show so far. So, and I believe this is the first show we'll have a season two of, right? Of all the shows we've had? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, this so this will be a new venture for Marvel in continuing storytelling in a TV format that I think should be fun. I'm so excited to see that. Tom Hiddleston is still awesome. Uh, uh, Wilson was was awesome as Mobius, and and we we'll just have to see kind of if uh, Jonathan Majors is a big factor in it. But I, I think Marvel, I, I think Marvel in some ways, I'm very curious why they thought they had to announce this back to announce both of these things together. Like, like I think that the way they're releasing Echo is to bury it, but I wonder if that also, if they thought that like announcing it together would also bury it because. Did they think that most people would just lean on the fact that Loki season two is coming out, so there wouldn't be a singular announcement about Echo and the kind of the storylines that come out? Even though Jeff Snyder had his commentary, like maybe it kind of gets divided regarding who what people are talking about coming out of that that press release. I don't know. I do think that is fascinating, though, that they thought that they had to say what that both these shows are coming out and what their dates were. I don't think they've done that for any of these shows. Usually, it's just been this is when this show's coming out. It's his own separate release date, own separate press release, and then that's it. And then this one, they they paired everything with Loki. So I, I wonder why that was the case. But um, let's let's move forward here and let's uh let's let's, let's uh, continue the show talking about this very weird thing happening with uh, Jeff Loveness, the apparent uh, uh, scriptwriter for Avengers: Kang Dynasty. So, um, according to uh, Jeff Snyder, once again, uh, Loveness is off the project of Kang Dynasty. He apparently has uh, parted ways with uh, Marvel Studios, which is a, a big move here, according to Jeff Snyder. This is the this is the move that came before the strike, so this this apparently is not related to the strike, far as we can tell. So this is uh, Jeff Loveless, of course, who did the script for Ant-Man and the Wasp, Mania, a movie that is um, controversial and polarizing to a lot of folks. A lot of folks have issues with uh, that movie and that script, and now you have Loveless, who is apparently out at, uh, at at marvel so big move there and then loveness actually had to come out and and, and further talk about his, not his ouster but some rumors that apparently he may have been someone who was leaking information 
to uh, uh, two people regarding stuff happening at Marvel. And he actually had to come out and, and deny that. Uh, the v, v Scooper apparently tweeted that Jeff Loveness was a scooper that was getting out information. And Loveness said, nah, that's not me. Didn't leak anything. All bogus. So he at least did respond to the idea that he was leaking things. Did not respond to the idea that he had been fired or the report that he had been fired or that there had been some kind of uh, distance uh, put between them and Marvel. So, Kendall, what do you think of, of what's happening with Loveness and the fact that he's been taken off the board now for Marvel? Um, Look, I mean... Amy and the Wasp Quantumania, that was his uh, debut as a feature film writer. Uh, obviously, known far more for his work on Rick and Morty. Um, you know, I, I think Marvel, I, I don't, I like, it's, it was a weird, weird thing to say, like, someone that 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 could write Rick and Morty was automatically going to be great. And maybe they didn't say it was automatically going to be great, but, like, you know, I don't necessarily see the parallels as much um, to writing Marvel movies, but again, it doesn't mean it's impossible. I can uh, see the parallels in writing Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. Yeah, I and I right. think there are some parallels as well to like just generic time travel. Right. That's fair. Um, it's It's just like... I think we saw like we saw like some of the you're right that like there are some 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 similarities there, but like I think we saw what a lot of people would be worried about in that uh, you know any whatever you'd be worried about in terms of that transition happening. I feel like we kind of saw it in in uh, Ant Man uh, in the Wasp Quantumania, um, and so like I don't know. I mean I think it's it's not a surprise that Marvel's making this shift. Um, if anything, these last two stories, uh, you know, if anything, they, what they tell us is that there is a real um, shift going on at Marvel. There is a real yes. shift in mentality. There's a real sense of urgency that we're seeing from Marvel that I don't know. I don't know how to describe in terms of if we I don't want to say that we didn't see it before, but um, we for sure are seeing it now where reports that you know Kevin Feige said we gotta we gotta blow this echo show up and start from scratch even for me it's got to be three four episodes because we're not coming out with whatever <laughs> I'm seeing right now yeah um and and that that uh, applies to uh Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania slash Kang Dynasty as well saying you know we can't just then we yeah we had this plan that he was doing he was gonna be writing Kang Dynasty um, this isn't working. What he did in the last movie didn't work. We're not just gonna sit by and say, "Well, we already made our decision." They're 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 making they're showing a sense of urgency and taking action before being proactive as opposed to reactive. And that's the um, that's all you can hope for at this point with Marvel. But uh, yeah, no, I mean, I think that this is, I think it's good news. No, no disrespect to Jeff Loveness. He'll he'll continue to get work in Hollywood. His career is not over. But uh, I don't think it was a great fit. Um, so, yeah, I'm not, you know, and it's also it's not somebody like Michael Waldron where you say to yourself, uh, yeah, I didn't love Doctor Strange, you know, if you did, if you didn't like that movie. But, um, 
but like there's still examples of of Michael Waldron stuff that isn't like you know hyper comedic or isn't a certain way like you know he's proven himself as a you know as a solid filmmaker that you know or a writer that he could figure that out uh, i am still a little bit concerned about secret wars with michael waldron but i'd be far more concerned about king dynasty with jeff loveness yeah i mean kendall and i mean excuse me sham i think kendall uh makes a lot of good points to me i just feel like there is some solace that marvel is not just sitting on their heels saying well we put out a plan and whether things are going right or things are going wrong we're just gonna go with the flow i, I think there is some solace that you could take well well you know there were a lot of people that didn't think that ant-man and the wasp quantum man didn't work and you can't just give that guy an avengers movie <laughs> the movie that he did to set up the the, the uh the, the, that movie didn't didn't work in a lot of people's eyes in terms of how the script was written, how the pacing was in that film. Do you take solace in that? That that moving on from Loveness at least shows that Marvel is working with a sense of urgency. Um, I don't know. I mean, I don't. So I mean, of course, you know, I enjoyed Ant Man and the Wasp. So, I mean, I thought it was. I thought it was a, I thought it was a good movie. So, you know, I don't, you know, were there were there narrative decisions I wouldn't have made? Yes, but, but um, I don't know. I, I mean, this is this is kind of a, a complicated situation, I suppose. Um, but I. I don't know. I mean, if the leaking, of course, stuff is true, that kind of changes things a lot. And it's like, yeah, I mean, you got to do what you got to do at that point. If you if you're if you're like very, very confident that he's leaking stuff and you and you're feeling iffy about the direction that you're going. um, It is good that they're proactive. They're being proactive in, you know, trying to resolve problems or what they foresee as problems before things get to the point of no return, so to speak. Um, but I mean, just, I mean, just, just from my perspective, I I don't think Ant-Man was poorly written. I don't think it was like, you know, the direction they were going from that story was a poor direction or anything like that, or, or that I had any kind of real issues with, with the writing of, of the movie. Um, I think giving him an Avengers movie is still shocking, <laughs> You know, uh, just as all oh, we want you to write Avengers, like wow. But, um, but yeah, no, I don't know. I mean, just I don't think. Uh, I, I I would say I don't think canning him for this. This doesn't feel like a slam dunk. Yes, you know, this you had to do this kind of move um, for me. I would almost. I would almost feel better if they'd either brought someone else in to help him or if they were just tighter on that on Kane Dynasty in terms of kind of telling him what they need him to do. <laughs> yeah. If they if they weren't like that with Ant-Man and the Wasp already. Um, which if they were, then why are they blaming him anyway? So so yeah, I don't know. I I, I don't feel too great about it, but I mean, I guess just them being active is, is a good thing in general. 
Yeah, I mean, like, I, 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 I agree. I didn't hate Ant Man and Quantum Man, you know, Ant Man and the Watch Quantum Man as much as most people. Um, did I have issues with the script? Yes. Did I think some things were a little too goofy? Yes. But some of this stuff was also some Peyton Reed issues as well. Like he's the guy like that does CGI. <laughs> he's the guy that uh, does you know a, a lot of the the, the the presentation of certain things, um, presentation of Modoc, you know, dialogue regarding Modoc. Like these, these, that's not some of that stuff is on dialogue. Maybe you could say is on is on loveness, but not necessarily the presentation and how things look and that nature. So I, I don't want to say that everything was Loveness's fault. Like I think that that'd be far from the truth in terms of the things that didn't work in that movie. I mean, he wrote all of, you know, Kang's lines in that movie. And I think we all agreed that Majors was awesome as Kang. And I, I think that anybody who even disliked that movie could say Kang was really good. So there are storytelling decisions that maybe we didn't love, maybe him losing to, uh, Losing to Scott and 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 Van, uh, Hope Van Dyne at the end wasn't the smartest, but at the end of the day, is that a, his decision? Is that a is that a decision that's being made by Feige and Reed? Like I don't know. So I do again feel though, while maybe he's not all to blame for what happened with Kang. Excuse me, uh, I called the Kang because I felt like the Kang movie with uh, Ant Man and the Wasp. There's a part of me that does feel though, like well, that clearly didn't work out though. Like that movie didn't hit with everybody and i think what i can say is there's nothing i saw from that movie or nothing i saw from how he presented that script maybe with the exception of kang stuff that i would say oh i'm really excited to now see love in this right of an avengers movie like there's there's nothing from that movie and i liked ant-man and the wasp but it wasn't to the level where i said okay now this guy needs to not be writing the next avengers movie like i really can't wait like that's that's far from the truth for how i see it so I feel good that we could say, okay, you know, get a new slate, get someone else who will be more in line with whatever Marvel's looking for. And, and, and again, to kind of show that Marvel is listening to their fans. Like, how much of my issues with DC were that they just wouldn't get the people what they wanted? And how much it was um, them deciding whether it be uh, Zack Snyder deciding he just wanted to do whatever he wanted to do because of how he saw things or or uh, whether it be Johns and the other guys that took over after him and, and just kind of just saying, well, we're going to just make these other movies, even though um, there are certain movies that we want to see, like Superman, things like that. Like, uh, it, I, I can at least take some, take some, I, I can at least take some positive out of the fact that Marvel is deciding that they'll say, you know what? Okay, a lot of y'all thought that this didn't work. We could see some of the issues that happened in this movie that were loving this is fault. Let's just change gears let's take him out and let's uh, uh figure this whole thing out now there's a part of me that wonders and, and gets a concern shamari mentioned you know star wars in the last segment like one of the issues you had with star wars is you had so many different directors and writers continuing other people's stories how difficult will it be for someone to write kang dynasty if this is a story that was written with the in the brainchild of loveness or maybe it's not like you know that's one of the big things we talk about marvel as well so much of their movies are kind of like kevin feige's work and then people are just kind of putting it into uh into action that would be the only thing i would say is star wars has had that issue where you had multiple script writers multiple creatives doing their own thing um even though they're supposed to be continuing the same story you're gonna have maybe somewhat of that here where ant-man uh and the wasp quantumania serving as somewhat of a prequel to avengers king dynasty now you're gonna have a whole different person doing the script for Kang Dynasty, a different director, I assume, doing Kang Dynasty as well. So that that that's a difference. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I definitely see that that parallel here as well. It's it's just an issue that um, it's interesting because it's an issue that Marvel what didn't really they didn't really like struggle with before, even though they had different directors working on stuff. But it seemed like, like it was still one vision. It seemed like they knew they had a plan for what they wanted to do. Um, and it was and they had a very, very it seemed like at least that they had a very, very good idea of where they wanted to go. And for the most part, it went off without a hitch without, you know, then you know, switch out directors and having issues with writers, at least at least not to the point where we would be hearing about it. Um, so. So, yeah, I don't know, it's kind of. You know. I guess it's just a bit, it's hard to exa- exactly nail down exactly what changed, but um, but yeah, I don't I don't foresee this as as like you know as a a great thing. It's good that they're being responsive to the audience, um, you know, or trying to be, um, but but in general, I mean, I don't I don't think this was a failed project in terms of how in terms of how the writing is concerned. Um, I think you know maybe a little more oversight, maybe you know if that if they if they feel like that's necessary. But like I think just canning writers and switching people back and forth, it, that's not the best thing. It can it can work out, but um, but you know you generally I would think you want to try to avoid stuff like that. Yeah, no. Um, to me, I mean, I feel like. I, I'm excited to. I mean, the the question I have is is what direction do they go? Does is this a is this a indication that they're going to take a more uh I don't want to say more serious approach, but maybe less comedic approach uh to King Dynasty? I mean, maybe the the, the maybe it wasn't maybe the problem wasn't comedy. You know, like maybe that's not what they're trying to fix um you know but obviously there there's a tonal there there's some people have had a tone and a tonal problem with marvel's movies uh recently i mean you know thor loving thor love and thunder was kind of maligned a little bit for being kind of all over the place from a, a tone perspective and you know stuff like that where you say to yourself maybe the marvel saying we got this is a movie where um again ant-man had some of those questions as well that maybe this is a movie where they feel like they have to take this far more seriously than um some of these other movies that they've made uh you know given the the stakes well think about it i mean last two avenger movies you have were infinity war and endgame i mean those those movies are extremely serious like yeah. You know, it would be odd, you know, if, if you went to those movies and decided, you know, we're going to make these movies in the tone of an Ant-Man movie. It would it would it would be very weird if you did Infinity War or any game like that. So if a Kang Dynasty is supposed to be the next coming, the next sequel to those movies, it, it would be definitely a weird thing. I could see them saying, hey, this may not be the best fit. Yeah, um, I wonder. I mean, look, obviously, you know. Uh, what's and, I, and I wonder real quickly. Sorry, Kendall, I just, I just want to also real quickly what this means for you know Destin Daniel Creighton, who's supposed to do yeah, uh, the director, and I'm sure he's going to still that do it. But sense. that that becomes a whole thing now. He's got to work with a whole different screenwriter. And how much will he say? Will he have in in that 
person that he gets to work with. Will he get now some screenwriting credit? Maybe he'll he'll write the script. Like I that now the question becomes like who are you looking to find now to figure this thing out? One hundred percent. Yeah, it's it, Jack kind of trying. What do you say? Um, no, I mean, I mean, I, I agree with you as well. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just, um, yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's just something that they, that Marvel is going to need to, um, that Marvel's just going to have to, um, I mean, I, I mean, I, I, or I guess the last thing I'll just say on this is I hope whoever they get to replace, um, Loveness, they, they are sure about about where exactly they want to go because too much of this switching people around and not really knowing what you want to do yeah. is just it, it's also it's also a, just a big red flag in, <laughs> in terms of uh creating a story so i i i, I think just they'll tr- want to try to avoid that yeah no i think that that's something that they have to avoid as well so speaking of kind of in that same ballpark regarding the future of kang there was an interesting comment from uh, one of the people who, who know very much about the story of, of what Marvel's trying to do with Kang on the uh, on 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 what his apparently his past was regarding what Marvel had had considered uh, going forward with Kang and how much they were going to include him in future projects. So this was uh, an interesting comment about the idea that perhaps Kang wasn't actually supposed to be in nearly as many things that he's now been in so this of course came from uh uh, joanna robinson who is now part of uh the ringer the big picture uh podcast she's also uh, the author for mcu uh the reign of marvel studios um so she shared uh what i thought were some very interesting comments about how plans changed after uh, avengers endgame so she said i was told by someone who works for marvel it was not the plan to make Kang the center of everything until they saw the dailies from Quantumania and after his performance in Loki, which was so strong, they were like, that's it. Uh, this is it. This is our way forward. We lost our Farsi team, uh, but let's set up around this guy, Kang, and this performer that so many people are reaching to. So very interesting kind of comments there from uh, from Ms. Robinson, who's essentially saying that, it wasn't really until Marvel actually saw Kang's performance and Jonathan Major's performance as Kang that they decided, hey, you know what? If we're going to have issues with kind of building around uh, this kind of B-list group of heroes, maybe we can make a story around a compelling villain. And it wasn't until then that they decided to center their whole universe around him. Kendall, we, we hear a lot about the meticulous planning of what Kevin Feige has in place, though maybe that's been kind of put somewhat into question of late and <laughs> quite frankly, through a lot of this podcast. Do you buy this notion that perhaps Kang's inclusion into a lot of these other Marvel projects stem from how well how well his his uh, work was received in what he did in Quantumania and Loki? Um, look, I mean, this is what I mentioned earlier, where we're like, obviously, like, I'm more willing to give this a pass than the Echo situation because this was this was a character that was extremely well received um i don't i don't know how much i buy because this was a character that was already we were only excited his performance was great but we were a lot of us were only excited 
because we also knew that he was ultimately playing King the Conqueror and that this was going to mean more than just what we saw in Loki. That, yes, his performance in Loki was great, but that there's another layer to it that we haven't even seen yet and that we'll see that in the future. Um, I think if you... If Kevin Feige, if I worked at Marvel, if I was just a low end guy at Marvel, and Kevin Feige asked me after seeing, uh, after after I saw uh, Loki, that you know, should we just build this entire phase around this character? Um, I would say, I mean, look, I, I the Kane character is interesting. Uh, it makes sense. But I don't know if I would say just solely based off of what I saw in this that you should uh, pivot to a different story. I don't know what their story was. I don't think they had a story planned out. But um, I like that was two. It was only one episode that we saw. Right. You know? that's, so exactly that, what, that's exactly what I was gonna say. You know. So I'm like, you know, it'd be one thing. If this was we're talking about a character that we, you know, that we saw for five, six episodes. We were like, yeah, this guy is just. This guy is incredible. You know what we saw. I don't know. I don't know if we've gotten that character in these movies yet, but like, um, or in these shows, I should say yet. But um, like, even uh, what should we call Ethan Hawke's character in in uh, what should we call it in Moon Knight? Moon Knight, like, yeah. I I wouldn't say he was that great, but like, but we saw him for a long enough time, period of time that if we thought he was that great, that. I can justify it just based off of the volume. It's like, oh yeah, he's got to be the big bad for everything. Like, if he was Doctor Doom as opposed to whoever he was, like, it, you know. But no, so yeah, I don't know if I buy that. But um, then the other part goes back to this, and this is more into the whole, you know, the the majors, you know, controversy. But like, this goes back to our conversations about background checks and doing your doing your background yep. work on these on these actors and like maybe the plan wasn't to go in that direction and that part actually would make it make more sense because we asked ourselves why would they cast majors to play such a big role and make them the feature of your of your entire universe unless you're saying to yourself well that wasn't the plan i'm kind of just casting them just to be a, a villain in a movie and then you know sort of happened that way I don't know if that's what happened, but like that that would give them some cover there. But again, I would say to myself, I would say to I would say to them, if you're gonna do that, you gotta have to do some background research on these guys. You can't then just you can't, you know, pivot and say we're gonna we're gonna go to we're gonna make this guy the face and not like know if he can handle that from a from a optic standpoint and a and a media standpoint. So yeah, I I, I have some questions about it, but Overall, I'm not too uh, I'm not too bothered. I'll tell you what, Sham. I, I don't buy this as being true. And I, it's not anything against Joanna Robinson. I'm sure someone from Marvel did tell her this. I think someone is telling her a load of crap in order to cover their tracks for how this whole thing is shaking out. I think it doesn't make sense to me that you would see, as Kendall noted, you know, one episode where, you know, Jonathan Major shows up in what, like twenty minutes, maybe, of an episode. You see twenty minutes of an episode, and then you see Loki. You see Ant Man, Quantum Mania, which we all know he was good, but now apparently you realize was not so good that you had to fire your head writer for that movie. That you decided that you know what we had this whole plan and what we were gonna do, but scratch all that. We're gonna just make it all about 
uh, Jonathan Majors. I, I don't buy that. I think to me this is kind of an convenient excuse for them to say, hey, look, we, we didn't actually think this guy was going to be a big part of our plans. Like it kind of takes away some of the sting like Kendall was mentioning about understanding who Majors was as a person, maybe determining whether or not this guy was the right guy to build around. You can say, well, look, this all kind of happened kind of by osmosis. We didn't actually plan for this to happen. We planned for him to be a smaller piece, and then he became a bigger piece because of the performance that everybody likes. So, who, you know, you can't blame us for deciding that this is the guy to build around. I, I don't buy that. I feel like we kind of heard from uh, Feige as early as when they announced that Kang Dynasty, excuse me, that uh, Ant-Man and Quantumania was happening, that, that Kang was coming and that this was going to be a big deal to the Marvel Universe. This wasn't something that was said oh it's gonna be a one-off and then that's just forget about it like that that was never said you, you don't you don't you don't you don't cast king the conqueror in an ant-man movie just for him to be the villain in an ant-man movie that doesn't make any sense. that doesn't make any sense we, like kevin Feige knows marvel's history he knows the canon he knows how important kang is how powerful he is as a villain how does it make any sense to make him the main villain of an ant-man quantum mania movie where he's in a a, a quantum realm for the entire film come on we're not watch, born yesterday. We're not born yesterday. Watch right. any, watch any like Marvel cartoon in the last like five to ten years, whether it be Earth Mighty's Heroes, Avengers Assemble, Future Avengers, any show. They all have King in them, and he's all like big bad. He's not a, an ep- he's not a one episode villain. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, um, yeah. No, I agree with you, Jay. Um. I, I, you know, I, I don't believe that they believed or that they, that they brought majors in with the, with the, um, at, at the very least, they brought him in with the hope and like expectation that this is, this is plan like a, or yeah. like one a whatever, like th- this is, this is where they would like to go. It didn't wasn't didn't Feige say like several times he wanted to do Secret Wars? I believe that's what he. We know that he had said yes. that before. I don't know. Before Majors was even brought in. I don't know <laughs> if he said that, but I know that's something that's been said that that's what he wanted to do. Yeah, it was said that that's what he, that's what he wanted. Right. Um, and so yeah, no, I don't believe this. Um, I don't even really know why they're saying it. I guess because of the Majors stuff, maybe, but. But this is, I don't know, to me, it's just unnecessary um, lies in, in, the, in the sense that um, I don't think anybody believes this. <laughs> you know, like, I don't think anybody believes that that Kang was, that Jonathan Majors was brought in to play this major character. And, um, you know, and, and they didn't they didn't plan for him to be the major um, big bad. I mean, the only way that I would believe that is if they plan for some kind of X Men, something, which would be even worse. Somehow or they, doc, they, or somehow they, they decided that they're going that they thought was oh it's gonna be X Men Doctor Strange I thought you mean Doctor Doom and then they decide oh Kang's so good you know what we're just gonna move all that stuff back. I mean yeah. I would I pull up I pull up to Burbank tomorrow and and want smoke with Kevin Feige. If that was the decision that that's the reason why we delayed seeing Doctor Doom and the X Men was because of Kang. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, I, I don't believe that. Like, I guess so. My question then is, like, is is this is this a situation where we think that they? I mean, they're not. They can't pivot now. Obviously, it's too late. But like, 
if this is true, like what? And I know we just mentioned maybe it was you know something Fox X Men related, but like my question to this uh, to Joanne Robinson, Joanna Robinson would be what what was the plan? And I know they can't tell you, but like right, you like everything that we saw, saw was felt like it was leaning towards that. I mean, is there a like, chance Logan, that maybe is there a chance that maybe Secret Wars was it like uh, the, that it wasn't supposed to be idea. this Kang Dynasty movie? Like maybe like. Right. The next Avenger movie was Secret Wars, and it wasn't until they saw Majors that then they said, "Well, you know what? Let's actually, you know, have an Avenger movie around Kang, and then make it then the Secret Wars right after that." Is that possible? That I I assume would be what they would tell you. That is, I mean, given Loki teased Secret Wars more than it teased Kang Dynasty, Uh, like in terms of like. The beginning of the show at least and then then they had the last episode and then you had the post credit scene that made it seem like yes king dynasty is what they're teasing um we thought it was ant-man and in hindsight it looks more like it was teasing king dynasty but like it, you know you feel like maybe like maybe that is the case i would just wonder where how do you get to secret wars without king dynasty we don't know that based on what we've seen but like just based off the calendar like where else was Kang going to show up where we were going to end up in Secret Wars? Or was he just going to be the villain? Was Kang Dynasty going to be Secret Wars to a degree? That just yeah. feels like a mess. Like, I don't know. But I see your point, though. I think that that, that is a possibility. Yeah, because, I, mean, I mean, there's a storyline there, and maybe Kang still will be the main villain of Secret Wars. But, like, there's a story where Kang absolutely could have been that the guy they wanted. As far to as we as... know, that, that Majors was supposed to be playing the Beyonder as the right. villain, so like, there's obviously there's maybe that wasn't the case. Maybe it was just going to be Kang, or maybe right. maybe we saw what we saw of Kang and that he was going to become the Beyonder based off what we saw, and they pivoted. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's a lot of different ways that this could that this could play out. I'm still so fascinated as to is Kang even the villain of Secret Wars anymore? Like, yeah, I mean that's that like, you, mentioned, you mentioned you mentioned the Beyonder was talked about as possibly being the person. That would be Kang, and it was still going to be played by Majors. But, you know, maybe the convenient thing about this Majors situation is that, you know, you can decide, hey, uh, we can, you know, cast get rid of. Yeah, <laughs> cast wants to be the Beyonder and, 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 you know, do away with, you know, the Kang character after Kang Dynasty. There's that, that, that may be one of the, again, the, the silver linings for Marvel in terms of how they want to do their creative moving forward. Uh, very interesting stuff, again, but I, I just don't buy this idea that, that, Marvel didn't have big plans for Kang until after seeing uh, Loki and, and Quantumania. I just I don't see that. So anyway, uh, last story of the day. So um, a, a big story report coming out at the Hollywood Reporter regarding the casting for Superman uh, Superman Legacy, which is of course the the project being uh, pushed forward by James Gunn. He's going to be uh, writing, and he had already written the script, I believe. At least he's written one draft, and he's going to be uh, directing this movie. And there are a lot of details about exactly who will be in the running for uh, that movie in terms of Clark Kent, Lois Lane, and a lot of other important characters. So um, some of the top contenders to play Clark Kent and himself include uh, uh, Nicholas Holt, who you know famously was, you know, we now know was part of that Batman pursuit that he actually uh, talked about that, that, that didn't work out. Apparently he may also be in line to play Lex Luthor. Uh, David McDougal is also being talked about. Uh, someone who could be 
in that role. A lot of uh, big actors who have been linked to the this project. I'll go to uh, Sham first. Any of these names uh, have been interested, have had you interested regarding uh, potential castings for um, either Superman or Lois Lane? Some of the people for Lois include uh, Emma Mackey, uh, Rachel Brosnan, Phoebe uh, Devener, and uh, and Samara Weaving. Um, I'm not. Um, yeah, honestly, none of those, honestly, none of those actors or actresses stand out particularly to me. Um, now, what was the last one that you you mentioned? Was it McDougal? Uh, regarding who? Superman. Superman. Yeah. Yeah. So it was uh, it was David McDougal who's in uh, who's in We Own the City. Uh, oh no! Yeah. I'm sorry. It's like no. like David Crosswhite played David McDougal. Sorry, right, that, right. Corn okay. Sweat, yeah, yeah Corrin Sweat played David McDougal, who he's in line to potentially be Superman. So sorry, Red. Uh, oh, okay. That confusion. Right. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't know. I mean, no one particularly standing out to me so far. I'm gonna be honest. Um, and it's hard to. I think they're. I think they're. I think they're on the right track just in terms of, you know, kind of not looking for like the usual suspects, you know, just some triple, super triple A list. Like, you know, I don't even know. Like, um, some household name. Type yeah, just a household name. Someone that every everybody, just everyone knows. And I, I think that's, I think that is the right decision. There's a lot of talent in Hollywood, Hollywood, a lot of people that can play these roles. I don't really have a dream casting. Um, I mean, both Superman and Lois are are pretty. They're pretty generic just in terms of their physical characteristics. Um, I mean, even Lois. I mean, I mean, you want someone that's scrappy, but I mean, a lot of actors, a lot of actors can play scrappy, so. So I don't know. No, I, I mean no one, but no one in that particular list stands out to me. Um, I'm I'm pretty open when it comes to Superman in in, in Lois castings. I mean I would have, I'm still watching Superman and Lois on CW and Hawkland and and um, I forget the actress that plays Lois Lane. Uh, Tulak, yeah, yeah, she does a fantastic job as well. Um, and they wouldn't have been my thought for Superman and Lois, but right now they're my Superman and Lois. So. Um, hmm. So yeah, none of those names stand out, but I'm pretty open to it. Yeah, and just to just to you know clarify, so you got uh, Corin Sweat, who again played uh, who played um, the the guy who I, I mentioned before. You got uh, uh, Jacob Elordi, who was in Euphoria. Uh, these guys apparently in the running for Clark Kent, Superman, along with Tom Brady and Andrew Richardson. There, uh, Nicholas Holt apparently in the running for Lex Luthor, also being mentioned possibly as Superman as well. So he has a two, four there. And then for your lowest lanes, again, you have Emma Mackey from, um, from a Netflix series, uh, sex education. You got Rachel Brosnan. Uh, you got, uh, Phoebe Devener and Samara weaving. So can though any of these, anything stand out to you in terms of the actors being listed as being in the mix for these uh, roles? Um, 
Yeah, no, I mean, what's what's interesting to me, uh, you know, if, like the the major buzz right now is around Corn Sweat as, as Superman. I, I heard I heard Wolfgang, this kid Wolfgang Novogratz's name thrown out there at one point. Um, and then you mentioned there was like a weird, uh, like back and forth between, uh, I want to say it was Boris Kitt and, uh, who's the other guy from Deadline? I forget his name. Um, but it was very weird, weird back and forth between Deadline and, or I believe it was Deadline and Hollywood Reporter or Variety, one of the three, two of the three, but where initially the initial report had it as Holt being in the running for, uh, I think it's Kroll, by the way, the guy I'm thinking of, Justin Kroll. But uh, yeah. the initial report had had it as uh, 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 Nicholas Holt being up for Lex Luthor. And yeah. then... Yeah, Kroll came out and said, actually, he was, yeah. he was up for Superman. Yeah, and then he came out and said, oh, it was actually Superman. And then um, then they doubled down. I believe it was Kate Blurry doubled down and said, no, it's, it's Lex. There's nothing to do with Superman. So, again, we don't know... We don't know who to believe. We don't know what to believe. But I mean, you're talking um, about two heavyweights there in terms of. Scoops. I know it's like that's that's Woj and Shams. Yeah, that's exactly. Rappaport and Schefter. Yeah, <laughs> Rappaport and Schefter going at it. But um, no, I mean, I feel like to me, Holt Nicholas Holt's the interesting one because there was a, there's a report that he is the only name right now on the list for Lex Luthor. Uh, so like, clearly there is a interest there from from James Gunn, uh, and look. To me, Nicholas Holt is one of those guys. It's like a coaching. It's like when you have a, a coaching candidate, and like he doesn't get this job, and he doesn't get that job, and he, so you know, like eventually he's going to get a head coaching job somewhere. Right. You know, whether it be just the night of the right timing. And I feel like Holt, his name has been thrown out there, thrown out there for some of these big roles. You mentioned Batman, particularly, where it's like if he didn't get Batman, and he was pretty close to getting that one. Then it's only a matter of time before he gets one of these big roles and Warner Brothers obviously has him in the uh in their you know Rolodex of actors that they've considered for major roles so I don't think Superman is a good fit uh maybe I just see him too much as Hank McCoy uh to to to, to see him playing Superman um I think he could do Lex Luthor fine I think he'd be excellent as Lex Luthor uh, you know, he's, he's like, cause he has the, we've seen him play that hyper intelligent character. Yeah. Um, and, and like, we, he didn't tap in too much into like the twistedness of Lex in the Saint McCoy, but like there was, there was a, there was a, it was a pinch where you're like, yeah, I mean, I feel like he's a good enough actor. You know, he's been in plenty of other projects since then that where he's shown another level of depth um no i agree with shamari's uh take though on superman where i feel like they're probably better off not casting some huge name i think especially if you're going for a younger younger character uh yeah. the younger version of superman it doesn't make sense for you to go out and try and get some household name i mean brandon rouse was a household name when he got the superman gig i mean you know henry cavill was a household name when he got the superman gig so not really neither was christopher reeve so like that, that's it's not really what that is meant for but um yeah no i i think that corn sweat looks more like cavill and like the more superman-y than some of the other names 
that we've that we've heard. Um, but I, you know, I think both him and Wolfgang both fit the fit the nod in terms of appearance and whatnot, acting chops. You know, I'll be honest. This might be a controversial take. I don't know mm-hmm. if you have to be like an elite actor to play Superman. Oh, I think that's crazy. No, you got to be great. I don't think that's a controversial take, Kendall. No, nah, no, nah, he's he's wild. Like, I'm not saying you you can stink. I mean, right. to me, like, can't be like some guy off the street. But yeah, it's not. You're not. You know, it's not like Shakespeare. You know what I mean? Like, right. <laughs> he's not the Joker. Like the Joker, right, he's exactly. Be a great actor to play Joker. It's not like Joker was like really complex role. Like you gotta have you gotta have like chops on top of chops to play. It's like it's Clark Kent. Clark Kent, Even Batman. I think Bruce Wayne. You have to be better a better actor to play uh, Superman. You, you know, you have to be a good actor. I'm not saying you can be, you can be a bad actor. You can get by, but it, in terms of superhero roles, I wouldn't put him in the top ten. In terms of the toughest. I totally disagree with that. But I mean, I I was one of the people. It's so funny how time changes things. I think it, some a lot of that thing has to do with just the people who still care about something being the loudest in the rooms. So therefore, things change. But like it's become vogue now that like everyone loves Cavill or Superman. When like I was part of a chorus that was not alone that thought Cavill was extremely wooden in Man of Steel and didn't really love him that much, and that was one of the reasons why I disliked Man of Steel to some degree was the fact that I thought he was a kind of a mute Superman, as I said over and over again during that uh during our you know commentary during that time period. I think you do need someone that's charismatic and someone who's a good actor. I don't think you could just put anybody in that role. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I'm trying, I, I can't think of like, who a bad actor is. I'm trying to say, Oh, you can't put this guy in this role. Like, I don't, I don't think you make Vin Diesel Superman. Not to say that Vin Diesel is a bad actor, but like, I, I do think you need certain chops. I think there's a certain level of tact that comes with that role that makes that work, you know? So I don't know if I necessarily agree with that. I will say regarding these castings, I think one of the things that stood out to me, um, right from jump was like the commitment to younger actors. I mean, you know, the whole idea was that this was going to be a younger Superman, that this is what has been in James Gunn's mindset. And all the actors that I mentioned, uh, was Corin Sweat, Brittany, Richardson, Holt, Mackie, um, Weaving, Brosnan, uh, uh, Devonor, like they're all early thirties, late twenties. And there really isn't much wiggle room regarding, you know, anybody being like, you know, 38 or 39 or 40, like, you know, fight. I mean, excuse me. Um, Gunn was very clear with terms of what he wanted in terms of the vision for the Superman and the age that he wanted for. From what I've seen, it seems like he's definitely kind of honed in on that early uh, 30s, late 20s range for not just Superman but also uh, Lois Lane, which I think is refreshing, and, and I support that 100. percent And I like that because I think it gives us a real future with these characters. You know, there isn't going to be a, oh, well, you know, these characters will do one, one, two movies and they're going to be looking for a new deal and maybe they'll look to get out. Like, uh, these are people that are essentially, these are career makers. All these uh, actors have all had roles and really, you know, really great projects. Bridgerton, House of Cards, um, you know, obviously things that, that are, are big in our culture, but um, that's sex education. But like this to me is like a different level, clearly. And by getting someone who's a little younger, like the, this is a career maker, not not a not a a notch on the belt the way maybe you know Affleck getting Batman was for him, you know. So uh, I'm I'm excited about that. I think Holt is a really good choice for Lex Luthor. That is the only person on the list 
Deadline was reporting that apparently uh, Gunn had been talking to other people he had worked with in the past to potentially look for people who could play Lex Luthor. I wonder. Uh, there was a rumor about Bradley Cooper having been approached, but that he turned it down or something like that. Yeah, I heard the rumor about Bradley Cooper. I saw people vouching actually for Dave Batista to be a very kind of unique uh, Lex oh, Luthor. Well, it wasn't either one that was saying The Rock should be Lex like ten years ago, and like <laughs> I, don't, I don't even remember that. That was, did, you I really, did you really say that? Worse than The Rock. Oh, I think I did. Yeah, because I think we were, we were having the conversation about like characters that The Rock could play besides Black Adam or something like that, and I was like, I think The Rock could play Lex. You know, like in terms. I so think, wait, why, how come how come Dave Bautista couldn't play Lex Luthor? I, oh, man. This is this is guy this is going down to another conversation about guys acting chops, but I, I just think you don't think Dave Batista can act. Not well, that, I mean, well, that's that not that you. Dave can act, but I think that The Rock can capture Lex Luthor's like arrogance and like you know obviously they're both big obviously, but like I don't know. I just think I think I, I completely I completely I completely disagree with you on this take, Batista. I think Dave, he's a better actor than The Rock. I think you're bugging. And and The Rock is a superstar, but The Rock is playing The Rock. <laughs> Everything he does, like Dave Batista, can actually play different characters. He can play different people. Besides, he's not playing, you know, Dave Batista, you know, you know, the beast of 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 of, of evolution. You know, he's playing <laughs> Drax. He's playing the dude at the uh, in the in the uh, you know that that mystery series. I can't remember now. Knives Out. Like, like he he's playing totally different people. I, like, I think I think Batista. The role I've had for him circled his bank. I think he'd be the I think he's the dream. I agree with that. Him. But like, take that out. Like, take out what we want from him for Bane. I agree he would be great in that. And apparently, he doesn't want that, from what I remember. Like. That I don't that that doesn't mean that he can't be like Luthor. Like I don't know. I I Sham, do you do you think that Batista would would flop as Lex Luthor? I, I totally disagree. No, he wouldn't flop as Lex Luthor. I I wouldn't mind. I and you guys know I'm a rock guy, so you know I wouldn't mind the rock being Lex Luthor. I think he can definitely play Lex Luthor. Um. I just don't I mean, think. I, I think. I think both characters can play Lex Luthor. I, I also saw Batista in. Um, uh, I forget what the name of the movie was, but the recent one by M Night Shyamalan that came out with the people in the woods. Yeah, uh, I'm not going to spoil for you guys, but is is actually very good. Yeah, knock at knock at the cabin. Yeah, knock at the cabin, and and he was very good in that as well. You know, so he can definitely play various. He did, different the, he did the one with. Uh, he did the one with uh, what you call it as well. He was in Snyder. Uh, the whatever it was, Army oh, yeah. of Dead. Oh yeah, yeah um, Army of Dead. He was in yeah, Doom. Yeah, yeah, he was good at that as well. He was supposed to play Peacemaker. That was the deal. Was that you know he, they approached him to play Peacemaker, but he picked Army of the Dead over Peacemaker because he wanted to be in the Snyder movie, uh, which was <laughs> good job attaching your attaching your thing to Snyder over Gun. Yeah, Cena, Cena, Cena beats Batista again, just like in WWE. <laughs> but. uh but yeah, no. So he picked he picked that one. But um, look, and and I think Peacemaker would have been an excellent fit. You know, I totally get that one. I it's and it's not even. I don't hate it. I just don't. He, I mean, he's just not what I think when I think of Lex Luthor. But if you're trying to go way opposite of the whole 
you know, Jesse Eisenberg deal. Like bringing in Lex Luthor is like, I mean, bringing Batista to play Lex would be like. I just think that I think I think Batista would be closest to like the Justice League Superman animated series Lex Luthor than. Right. That's what I was going for with The Rock. That's what I had mentioned. Uh, I think that's what I had mentioned a while back when we talked about this. But Batista is. But The Rock is almost like. He's almost too swaggy, though. Like, it's just that. Like, I see what you're saying, but I don't think he would be able to play that. I think Batista could absolutely play like that character. That we saw in that in those in those shows, like that kind of like like very kind of quiet, kind of cerebral uh, disposition, the coldness. Like there's a coldness to that character. The Rock, like if, say what you want about his acting, there's nothing cold about his acting. Like I don't know yeah. if like I could see him doing that. I've heard some people mention that they think Rosenbaum should get another shot at playing Lex Luthor. No, oh, he'd be uh, incredible. <laughs> it's weird that happens in Hollywood. It's weird. It's weird what happened in the Hollywood where it feels like like guys, women and men do like great jobs, and when their shows end, like they just people decide like, oh, we're just done with them. Like, why isn't that guy like doing so much more work? Like, why? Like, like why was that like the end of his career essentially, Smallville? Like, that's never been I mean, explained to me. I mean, he has a podcast. He's probably talked about it a lot, but um. Yeah. Shout out to Rosenbaum. I know he does have a podcast. If you ever yeah. want to come on this it's a podcast, good podcast, he'd be very welcome. Stories, yeah. of course, being yeah. No, I, I've, I think we've done stories, uh, yeah, like from these podcasts on this show. Plenty of, plenty of breakdowns on his show. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. So, like, yeah. Absolutely. So we've talked about it. I don't know. I just feel like that's a guy that like was a superstar, and, and he then, still does a lot of voice roles. Right, and I mean, I love him for it because he does a lot of voice roles in DC movies. You know. Um, he was in Justice League Doom. He played uh, he played uh, the Flash, you know, which is ironic. Yeah, he plays the Flash was... obviously in a lot of different. Uh, I mean, he was out, he was the Justice League, the original Justice League Flash. So like, yeah, he was also in Guardians. Like he also was in Guardians Volume Two for a small role. So if you're saying you know actors that and, and Gunn had worked with, yeah, actors that Gunn had worked with, like th- th- there is that. But yeah, I don't know. I, that happens in Hollywood a lot, where like you know, someone's a star, they have a long run on a show, and then that show ends, and then like Hollywood just like, all right, you're done. And it's like, wait, what? Like, why can't he do more other things? I, I don't get it. I mean, I, I, Shamari, would you say he's the best Lex? He's that. I mean, obviously you got Gene Hackman as well. Yeah, but, I would say Hackman's got a lot like, to say about that. But I mean, Kevin Spacey. I mean, it, it's hard because he's had <laughs> he he's had so it is it's just. It's funny. I don't know if he's ever talked about this, but he's had so much more time playing Lex than anybody else. Yeah, I've seen him. I've watched. It, I watched him playing yet Lex literally for several years, like every week. So it was like, I mean, he's my favorite Lex. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, because he was he was really good every week. He was John Cryer really also was Lex. so good too. Cryer was really yeah. Good. Cryer yeah. was really good. As I don't well. think he's Rosenbaum good, but he was good. Yeah, yeah. Cryer was very good as well. Um, but I thought Cryer did. I thought Cryer did a good job of, like, I thought he embodied Gene Hackman more than any Lex I've seen since. Yeah, I agree. You know, yep. like, like they did, like Supergirl did a good job of writing like the like sadisticness of him, but like he also was able to have a level of like goofy <laughs> and outrage that like wasn't campy and didn't come off like silly. Like it's very yeah. hard to do that. You know, mm-hmm. and and I thought Cryer always was excellent at that. I mean, he's 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 you know he was stellar in in, in that role. 
Snyder tried that with Eisenberg, and he just—it was, it was out of control. It was yeah, just, it was, it was yeah. out of control. Yeah, it, it, yeah you're right. Like, he did try to. He should try to kind of type into that Jackman Hackman thing, but it just it just didn't work. Yeah, I feel like with um the the what Rose, I feel like what Rosenbaum did so well was and and what really what the small field small the whole Smallville team did really well because I you know it was right it was well written as well was like slowly seeing the transition from him not because Lex isn't inherently you know he is he wasn't just born some evil mustache twirly person. You know, right. But seeing this slow transition from him being kind of the heir to this, all this wealth and this, you know, kind of bred to be this businessman leader to then, you know, having this rivalry with Clark and then just this jealousy of Superman. And it's just like, oh, man, it was just and mean the blur that all so well. (laughs) It kills even yeah, the it, yeah, it was, funny. Yeah, it was it was um yeah, it was it was really was something special to see. Well look, I, what I will say is with these uh these list of actors, uh it, it means I got a lot of homework to do. Because again, like it's a lot like some of these projects I I've not really watched very much of, so some of these actors well, I'm not as familiar with. But um, you know, I know Andrea will probably be happy, my girlfriend, because she loves Bridgerton and maybe this is my a chance if I want to know what uh you know Samara Weaving is done or I'm not sorry not sorry uh, uh Devener is done like I I gotta watch Bridgerton I guess to to see what what kind of caliber <laughs> actress she is but you know this this is the game right this is this is what we do so uh, I may have to uh, step into some of these lanes that I haven't well, stepped into yet yeah to and me, uh is good in uh Euphoria as well to yeah me, I've never I, watched I, Euphoria so I hear it's really good. I've always looked at, um, to me, the casting, the casting part of, of of movie making, is is always fascinating to me, and I think that uh, I always look at it a lot like scouting in sports, um, and you know, you can learn a lot from just watching tape, you know, and uh, seeing where these people would fit, seeing what you know, having that you know, reservoir of actors. I mean, you know, it's Dara Haley Finn at Marvel. She handles all their casting uh, business. And, you know, to me, I mean, she, she's, she runs the scouting department uh, with the job that she does. So, um, no, I mean, I, I, yeah, I agree. You know, you learn a lot from, 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 from just watching these people and Marvel's going through with the fantastic four where they've, you know, they probably have to do less of that when it comes to, the, you know, that we've seen with Reed and and uh, Sue, but like with with Johnny particularly, doesn't seem like they're looking for a, uh, a household name, so they got to do a lot of a lot of evaluating in terms of the actor's talent. Though I don't know if you guys saw the recent thing with like Emma Stone apparently being offered the Sue Storm role. Uh, exactly, you know that's that's them that's them. Uh, Swinging big. I mean, the thing about it, the, like, the, the V dig, the V digs as thing. That would be something. Crazy yeah, him too. getting that offer. The, the thing, thing about uh, Emma Stone was funny. Apparently, like they didn't offer enough money or something like that. I don't know. I think I saw that somewhere. But I mean, that like, would surprise me. Like the, if but I mean, I mentioned last time we talked about it with Margot Robbie, that she is like the she'd probably be the 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 the, the quintessential. Sue Storm, I mean, 
it's probably Emma Stone. I, you know, I probably misspoke. It's probably Emma Stone number one, and then Margot Robbie would probably be number two. Uh, and so it makes sense that they went after the number one person, couldn't get him. And then we're like, yeah, I mean, Margot Robbie's also in that conversation. Let's try and get her. And at first, again, reports were at first they couldn't get her. Um, I will say the V the, the V Diggs thing is interesting also because, like, the one question everybody had was, like, are they actually going to do an all-white Fantastic Four in 2023, 2024, 2025, whenever this movie comes out? Like, and, I mean... That's the way it's, it's odd. Guys, it's why I actually feel like thing maybe the most, I don't say problematic, but probably the riskiest to do. I hate the word race bending, but for the sake of this conversation, to, to change the, the the race of a character just because he is a prominent Jewish character in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, or saying to change that, you right. don't have to make Jewish four characters is you know well that's is a, is, well, a, that's- is a choice. But that that's that's what's interesting that David Diggs is actually Jewish, so yeah. like you have the you you can kind of play. I mean, there were a lot of people that thought that wanted him to play Moon Knight, you know. Yeah. Um. Again, it's you're still race bending the character, but like if right. you have people complaining about you know he's not Jewish, you can he you know you can say that he is obviously. Right. So that's a good point. That's 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 their way of like saying we're gonna have diversity. You know, now of course there's the whole thing of all oh, the one, the one you know minority character's got to be the Rock, right? You know, it's gonna be that's, the, what, that's what I was thinking guy. too. Like, oh, <laughs> the minority characters are they're, they're the dumb one. Yeah, you know, well, yeah, we're, we're the ones that we'll put them. The one that just wants to break everything. The CGI, you know, we ain't actually gonna see him. So that 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 that's a thing. But uh, to me, like, I'm someone that I didn't need, like, I didn't need a black Johnny Storm. So I'm, like, I'm not gonna then complain that you know they're making the thing black, and that's a problem. I, I don't, I don't have a problem with it one way or the other. Um, you know, I, I, I feel like to me, I think that he's he's far more of a character, but you know that that you, that could be adjusted, but doesn't really matter to me. It's funny. I was just thinking about it just now, randomly, as I was thinking about uh, you know, you know they went after Stone, and now maybe they're trying to zero in on Robbie for. Sue Storm. You know who I think Robbie actually would have been a much better casting for? And I don't know if they how much they plan to use this character in the future, but I think that she'd be a much better casting than Sue Storm. Can, uh, you, can, can you guys guess? I'm I'm going to guess that you're going to say Emma Frost. Oh, Kendall right on the on money. On the money. Kendall, Kendall right on the money. Do I have a, give, give Kendall a round of applause for that one. That was cold. I can't lie. That was cool. I mean, would she not be the perfect Emma Emma, Emma Frost? She'd be amazing. Yeah, I think she'd be a really good Emma Frost. And, and and I think honestly, if you're Marvel, that's stuff you have to think about. Like, yeah, you don't want to like cast this person to play this character because I agree. Like, she'd be better. She's a better fit for Emma Frost than she for Sue Storm. You don't want to like you don't want to cast this character, this actress, to be a, a character and then say. Look back years, you know, years into the future, be like, man, I wish we could recast her and have her play this person. Like, there are there are characters that you know are coming out now where you say to yourself, man, like, you know, actors that they've already used in smaller roles, like, you know, like Barry Keegan. I wonder, you know, they blow, did they did they blow a great actor and stuck him in right. a random Eternals character? Like, yeah, I'm sure he's fine, but you know, we gotta have bigger characters coming down the pipe. Could he have played? Someone in the X Men, 
you know, that you can't use them now anymore, you know? So I think that that's something that they have to think about for sure. Now, Sue Storm, again, they're not going to complain, but, but yeah, Emma Frost, she'd be perfect. Yeah, no, only a man can dream, right? But it goes back to our conversation of everything always coming back to, to the X-Men. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> uh, that's going to do it to this edition of New Generation Hero Talk. Hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Of course, you can get these episodes um, wherever you get your podcasts, including the free, I mean, that's free, oh, I have Jesus, I was doing the orange blue buzz, uh, I was there. You can get it wherever you get your podcasts, including the uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and TuneIn. Also, be sure to check out our YouTube channel, New Generation Media. Make sure you follow us individually on social media. You can find us on uh, Twitter, New Generation Pod, Instagram, New Generation Podcast. Make sure you follow us individually on social media. You can find me on Twitter, EJ underscore Stewart, Instagram and TikTok, Action EJ. Kendall can be found on Twitter, New Gen Ken. And Shamar can be found on Instagram and Snapchat, MCShan22. That'll do it for now. Thank you guys so much for checking us out. For Shamari, for Kendall, I'm EJ. Take it easy, guys. Peace. <laughs>